We're breaking with our regular series to bring you a rare in-depth interview with a man who's no stranger to controversy and doesn't seem to give a damn what people think of him. Clay Higgins has gone from cop to congressman and along the way did things law enforcement officers don't normally do, like the way he delivered his message in Crime Stopper videos that earned him the name the Cajun John Wayne. If you look him up online, you'll find no shortage of articles condemning Clay Higgins as a far-right conspiracy theorist, peddling in crazy, unfounded ideas about January 6th. Then again, these are the same people who told us Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation, and President Donald Trump was a Russian spy. Simply put, they often lie, and we don't care what they think. We know we've been deceived about January 6th because the narrative has shifted. For example, we now know from court cases and the FBI itself that the Bureau did have undercover assets on the ground. That's one of the reasons we wanted to speak to Representative Higgins. He's one of the few in Congress who's challenged the insurrection narrative from the start. And as a former law enforcement officer himself, knows a thing or two about investigations. Powerful people who dominate the flow of information don't want you to hear what he has to say or what he's learned over the past two and a half years. That alone seemed like a compelling reason for us to find out. This is a letter from Benny Thompson, who's chairman of the January 6th Select Committee. And he sent this uh, to TSA, to the Honorable uh, David Pekoski, who's the administrator of TSA. They want a briefing on efforts to address the travel of white supremacists and other domestic terrorist groups, options for quickly denying air carrier service to individuals posing a potential threat, and uh, current status of efforts to identify and add to watch lists. How far does this go? That letter was the beginning of a executive action by the TSA to use its authority to instruct uh, America's air marshals to track and follow Trump supporters that had been charged with no crime. They were guilty only of, of arriving by air into D.C. on January 4th, 5th, or 6th. And those, those manifests were turned over to the FBI. The FBI went through those manifests and every American that they identified, that the FBI identified as a Trump supporter that was on those manifests was added to the FBI's suspected domestic terrorist watch list. The FBI created a profile on those people, a suspected terrorist profile. And, to, and, and the, the TSA administrator used his authority to instruct the air marshals of America to track those Americans wherever they fly. And... Still today. It's still happening. This is who our air marshals are following, the Trump supporters. And that letter, signed by Benny Thompson, who was chair of the J6 Select Committee, and signed by John Katko, who at the time was a ranking member. Republican. That means the lead Republican of the Homeland Security Committee, advising the, the Pekoski, the TSA the senior guy to use all of that authority to track Trump supporters that had not been charged with a crime, who were guilty only of arriving in D.C. by air. And every time they fly, they're being tracked. That's right. 
if they have never been convicted of terrorism, why are they on the terror watch list? It's a violation of the First Amendment. They exercise their First Amendment rights, they're being punished for it. It's a violation of the Fourth Amendment. I mean, how many laws does this violate? How many rights does this violate? This is not a free country. You're not a free country where you're tracked by air marshals, by the way, at taxpayer expense. And we're not talking about an insignificant expense. Teams of three air marshals tracing people all over the country, putting, you're putting physical detail onto people. That's, That's right. the most expensive form of surveillance That's that right. exists. Let me say, let me clarify. It's very comforting to Americans to think that there's, there might be an air marshal on our, on our flight. Not well if they're tracking well you for I'm your God. political but beliefs. But not if they're being used for nefarious purposes. The people that are complaining about this are the air marshals themselves. These are the whistleblowers that are coming forward to tell a congressman that they felt would pay attention. This has been like going on since January 21. That's right. And you just found out about it. What else is going on that well, we don't know we, about? We don't know, but I'm telling you, we're in uncharted waters as, as it relates to the weaponization of our government against the American people. I am not frightened of these people. I, I've spent my life serving others, and, and I love my country. This thing is not going to just slip away. They're not going to take us without a fight. I'm going to fight legally and peacefully and within the parameters of the Constitution that I've sworn to serve. But they're going down. These, these men and their high perch and their... their position of power and authority that are walking upon our entire history, our deepest core principles. They're not going to get away with it. They have so far. We'll see. Powerful people in this country, they want to make sure no one hears your, your voice. They want everyone to look at you like a far-right, crazy conspiracy theorist. Is that who you are? No, man. I'm a regular American man. I'm an investigator, police officer by background. I'm going to continue to speak the truth, whether anybody likes it or not. It's kind of where we are as a nation right now. It calls for the calm consideration and response to the oppression that we face from within. It's, it's quite nefarious. Tell me what you mean. What do we face as a nation? Generationally, we have allowed our federal law enforcement agencies to gradually become um, commanded by corrupted men. And they, they've been corrupted not so much by money, but by power. And that power really began uh, manifesting itself insidiously within the the FBI and the DOJ and our intelligence services since 9-11, uh, since the Patriot Act. We gave them great authorities and power. Those powers are no longer being, being used to thwart terrorists. They're being used to oppress the, the individual rights and freedoms of regular Americans like me and like the citizens I've sworn to serve. So I have a problem with that. The counter to that would be, these are not 
ordinary citizens. These are domestic terrorists because that's, I mean, it's, it's very clear from uh, Christopher Ray, the letter that he wrote about parents going to school board meetings, right? They need to be investigated as uh, terrorists. You speak at a Moms for Liberty event today, you get targeted by the Anti-Defamation League or the Southern Poverty Law Center or someone like that as a domestic terrorist. And these organizations are working very closely with not just social media companies, but with law enforcement. Regular patriotic American men and women are not terrorists. Let me say the factions within our highest levels of federal law enforcement and, 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 and our FBI and, and DOJ and intelligence services, these corrupted men we're discussing, they could be more readily identified and more accurately described as domestic terrorists than, than me. They're the ones treading upon my individual rights and freedoms. They're the ones spying on, on Americans. They're the ones traveling uh, great distances to, to insert themselves into the lives of Americans that are just communicating freely, as is our right, uh, online or anywhere else at meetings as we congregate and gather. What about those who say your, your right to gather and, uh, and have a conversation doesn't give you a right to assault police officers and disrupt Congress and so on? I, I don't support battery on police officers or, nor, uh, nor violent disruption of, of government operations. But I, I will remind everyone that a free American has a right to resist an unlawful arrest. At the last hearing where you um, addressed That's Christopher Ray, you produced a photograph of what you called ghost Painted buses. Over. These two buses in the middle here, they were the first to arrive at Union Station on January 6th, 0500. I have all this evidence. I'm showing you a tip of this iceberg. Mr. Your Chairman, point Mr. really was that there Mr. were Chairman, unmarked vehicles right. full of individuals that have not been explained. Is that right? A ghost vehicle in law enforcement is not an uncommon reference. It's, it's a vehicle that's been purposefully concealed to, to whereby it's not easy to identify. So no license plate's been painted over from its original cover. In this case, these two buses were totally painted white, in like a, a cheap, fast overspray over all of the markings. So when you have two charter buses show up, the very first buses to show up in Union Station on January 6th. Around 5 a.m.? Around 5 a.m. The initial witness, another charter bus owner, arrived at, at 5.20. He thought he would be the first to arrive because he knew the schedule of all the other charter buses, and he knew that most of the buses would begin arriving around 6. So this charter bus operator was a very experienced man, very squared away. When he arrived with his couple of buses, these two white buses were, were, to his surprise, already there. And he immediately noticed that there was, these buses were odd because they were totally painted over. It was a bad paint job. There was no markings, no phone numbers, no company name, totally outside the parameters of the way charter buses are required to operate and by law. So he said, these buses are weird, and no one was getting out. So something else that happens within that 
charter bus driver community is the drivers know each other. And the passengers may stay on a bus if they're, if they're especially in a parking lot. They're not ready to disembark yet. Sure. The passengers might stay on a bus, but the bus drivers get off. And they talk to each other. They talk to the other bus drivers. So there are things that happen it, normally that the absence of that happening was odd. So he was suspicious enough of these buses as a professional that he collected some digital evidence of those buses and then estimated with him and, and other eyewitnesses between 40 and 50 guys that they described as Trump supporters. They all disembarked from the bus and they gathered in front of, of the two buses and they had like some kind of discussion or briefing like the way a military leader would address his troops. Yeah, they call it a huddle. And then they together went to the escalators and up in the Union Station and were gone. And they were all men. They were all men in all the Trump regalia. These were men were in really good shape. They made comments like, wow, that's, that's a real serious Trump supporters, these guys. And, and they said they all had uh, elbow pads and knee pads and um, they, they appeared like they had common equipment, but they were not in uniform. But they, they behaved in a uniform manner. And we intend to get all of that video evidence from Union Station, uh, from the escalators, from the parking lot. We have other eyewitnesses. Much to the chagrin of everybody that was in those buses and everyone who commanded them to be there, We've identified one of those buses. And you know what that means? That means that's their ass. Because a bus is a serial-numbered vehicle. And in America, the change of ownership of a serial-numbered vehicle is, is documented. So that means we can begin to trace from the original owner of that bus where it was sold and who bought it. And then who it was leased to and where it disappeared. And then eventually those buses were removed from the Union Station. And we're going to document all of that. So you believe that those buses held undercover officers, not informants, correct? I feel very, very confident that, that everybody that was on those two buses were FBI assets. And I have a high degree of, of belief that they were actual FBI agents. And I, I'm, I'm sorry to say, ma'am, my objective conclusion is that, uh, is that senior officials at the, at the FBI were deeply involved there. You had a combination of FBI confidential informants, uh, either registered, unregistered, or, or a volunteer informant, or actual FBI agents, depending upon the group and how significant the group was. Like the agents inserted and say that in the Proud Boys um, groups that were, were going to come to D.C., those are most probably actual FBI agents, whereas some, you know, random Facebook group of patriots from Arizona or something was most likely an informant. So it would still fall under the umbrella of an FBI asset if right. they were communicating with the FBI data that they were harvesting and information that they were recording and delivering to the FBI, screenshots of text 
chats or, or actual recordings of phone calls, things like that, that they were delivering to the FBI. All part of the web of surveillance of the American people. What have you seen? What can you tell us about? I know you can't get ahead of everything. I know there's um, limitations on some of this, but can you tell us anything? I can tell you that that the FBI had had established a formula in 2020 that that they pursued with all their their power and authority to infiltrate groups across the country of Americans that were essentially discussing online. They'd formed online groups. To, like chat to, rooms? To dis- like, yeah, like the chat rooms. Discord and, and Telegram. pages, et cetera, to discuss their frustrations with COVID oppression. And it, so the FBI identified groups and, and infiltrated them and with undercover operations that were very effective. And they, they began planting seeds of discord. If you track the, the text threads, which I've, I've seen some of, again, through evidence that I've been able to witness, but I cannot, I cannot share publicly because it would be in violation of, of court orders from individuals. But to be clear, this, I've is, seen it. this is video you've seen with your or, own eyes. Or, yes, ma'am. The evidence that was in criminal cases. Is this what it's based on? It's based on the digital evidence, what you have on camera and... Supporting evidence for that? I yes. mean, other kinds? Yeah, yeah, eyewitness testimony, sworn testimony, affidavits, uh, uh, text messages, emails, and uh, digital digital footage. Yes, ma'am. A lot of people would say, Clay, you're a lawman, right? That's what we do. We infiltrate groups where we perceive there to be a threat or potential of crime being committed. We have undercover offices. We have undercover assets like informants. This is the bread and butter of law enforcement. What are you what They are you were the criminals. About? They were the threat. Based on what? We were just Americans. We were Americans that were that were angry and and we were enraged that our freedoms were being oppressed. And the FBI and the 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 powers that had become corrupted, the those those bad actors within the federal government that had this authority, they said that these Americans, how dare those Americans challenge the oppression that we're putting upon them? Can you share any of the messages yet that you have said you traced back to FBI um, in uh, undercovers inside these groups no, and these chats? No, ma'am. Does, 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 will you share? Does, it yes, when you I can? will. The moment. That I'm I'm able to 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 reveal that stuff. I will. You said specifically that you saw that there were undercover police officers who were inside the Capitol before any of the protesters came in. That's right. How do you know that? And can you give us any sense of what that means? I mean, if you clearly have men dressed as Trump supporters walking around inside the Capitol on the other side of police officers who are, to one extent or another, not engaged with them, like they're not concerned about them. Then you have a a set of closed doors, like exterior doors and interior doors closed, and you have police officers positioned outside and then in in between the two 
doors and then on the inside of the second set of doors. Doors won't open yet. What so if time you have was video, this? Um, this was a, a couple of the videos that like, Trump was still speaking. And then on the inside, looked like Trump supporters walking around in groups of five or six. So these would be clearly separated physically and by doors and by police officers from the guys on the outside. So any reasonable man would come to the conclusion when you have videos of the doors being opened and police officers allowing Trump supporters that had gathered at the door to now enter, no violence, just walking in, just come on in, some fist bumps and and come in a second set of doors open and then there's a group of Trump supporters on the steps, the interior steps saying, come on this way, this way. What is that? Any tell reasonable you? man would look at that and say this was a coordinated effort by law enforcement to have these people come in. So who was that? It had to be, you know, I think it's nefarious forces and part of the whole agenda of the of, of the FBI with their involvement of this whole thing. We have other evidence, specific observations of police officers, Capitol Police or Metro or both, entering rooms and here in the Capitol in uniform and coming out as Trump supporters and construction workers. So, You've seen that? Yeah, so. Why has that video not one, been released would, yet? One would say that's a pretty good clue. Yeah. The, the other reason that we believe it's just practical to have someone that knows how to get around. I mean, you know yourself, you can't walk around this place and know where you're going. You have to be here for years and the years. The capital is a maze. That's right, and it's incredibly difficult to get around. You have to know where you're going. So you had to have people that, that were very familiar with the, the capital itself in order to lead some random groups of citizens that have come from every corner of the country in many cases, never been to D.C. before, much less walked around in the Capitol. So it, it just makes sense that the Trump supporters that were leading the way and were clearly already inside the Capitol before the doors were opened were working in coordination with the FBI agents and assets that were embedded into the crowd. In some cases, in these groups had been embedded for months this is ugly stuff we're discussing, but the American people deserve to know the truth, and I intend to see that it happens. A lot of people just won't believe it. Without well, seeing, they, they got to see the evidence, or they just don't believe you. I don't want to believe these things. I've been a cop for a long time when I was a little boy. The FBI shield was, that was the baddest ass badge a cop could ever earn. It was an honored achievement to become an FBI agent. So it's, it's great, it's with great pain I describe the corruption that has taken hold within our, our FBI. And we intend to, to clean it up because these rank and file FBI agents, let me tell you, a lot of these, these men and women are, are quite disturbed about what has happened to their beloved FBI. Same thing inside the DOJ. And we have an obligation as Americans to embrace truth, whether it's ugly or not, so that we can take corrective action. So you have the floor now, but you don't know how much longer you have it for, right? And you don't have forever. We don't. And it's been how long? 10 months. 10 months. Some things have not happened that conservatives within the People's House would like to happen. We've had some disagreements internally regarding who shall be our speaker. We just had to go through what we went through in order to, order to arrive at that particular juncture 
of American history where a man like Mike Johnson became our speaker. Mike gets it that all the digital evidence of J6 has to be released to the American people. Talking about altogether between 40 and 50,000 hours of digital evidence, no one has a staff large enough to go through that evidence. So it has to be crowdsourced. You have to give this stuff to the American people. And, and then the truth will be revealed clip by clip. Mike Johnson has released precisely 12 and a half thousand hours of that 40,000. And he's not releasing 5%, which is 2,000 hours, whether it's for a good reason or a bad reason. It provides we'll opportunity to hide whatever you want in those 2,000 hours. I'm not saying he's hiding something, because I don't know. But I'm just saying is when you're withholding 2,000 hours, you can put whatever you want in that 2,000 hours. There are American citizens who are sitting in jail, some of them for three years without a trial. People have gone to solitary confinement for misdemeanor charges, non-violent misdemeanor charges. They're still arresting people. You expect people to go to an election and vote when they don't even have answers on their questions on the last election. And over time, more and more and more evidence is coming out in court cases, right? Judges that wouldn't take those cases when the light was on them. Now they're not able to avoid them anymore. So what are you waiting for? The people who don't want the truth out have complete information dominance. Right? You come out with something, you have a committee hearing, dismissed. Conspiracy theories. Ah, Higgins, he's a far-right lunatic. No, you know, don't listen to him. And so there are millions of people in this country that read the New York Times every day. Some of them are in this room, right? They hear you saying this and they think, you're, you're just a nut. You're just a nut. And where's the evidence? So Mike Johnson's going to release it? What is he waiting for? The truth of what happened on those days... J4, 5, and 6, is in the digital evidence that Speaker Johnson has control of. And thank God we have a speaker who has stated that he is committed to release all of that data. Now, he's restrained to the extent that he's restrained by attorneys, but he's an attorney himself. And, and we'll see. When you, when you say he's not going to release at all, I say, let's see. Well, those were his give, words, give not the, mine. Well, I know the man's heart, and it is pure. And he knows that America needs full truth. I believe I speak on behalf of we the people when I say we demand full release, the whole thing, not just from the Capitol grounds and within the Capitol proper, by the way. We want it all. We want all the, the D.C. Metro digital evidence. We, do, we need evidence from Union Station and some other spots that we've identified. Can you tell me any of those spots that you've identified? Union Station being one. What other spots? The parking areas and, and areas for disembarkment. What do you mean by that? Escalator areas where you can connect the dots from agents um, disembarking from vehicles and going either on foot to their stations and their teams of, of three and four and five or getting in other vehicles that were dispersed and where some actions were noted 
that were born of of those vehicles where some actions were taken, nefarious stuff. What can potentially happen there? If you are a J6 defendant who's in prison or was convicted of a crime, but you find out later um, that, that Brady material was withheld from you in violation of the law, is there legal redress? Yeah, that would here? flip the case. So the bottom line is that if Mike Johnson is successful, at getting all the digital evidence from from J4, 5, and 6 released entirely to the American people, um, including the body cam footage of, of, of every police officer that was either operating in uniform or not in uniform, mm. shall we say, then all these J6, I call persecutions, these political prisoners, those cases will be flipped because it's exculpatory evidence that's been withheld. And the prosecution has a, a legal responsibility to provide exculpatory evidence that they're in possession of to the defense. And in this case, in every one of these J6 uh, cases that have been prosecuted, the FBI and the DOJ has most certainly been in possession of all the digital evidence that we're describing right now. If we're successful at releasing this evidence, the American people are going to be stunned into acceptance of the reality that our FBI and our DOJ, and in, and in, in some cases, uh, head people in our intelligence services have been corrupted by power. Have you seen all the video? I mean, I know no. it's a lot. I mean, it, it's a lot. Have you and seen the key I've, parts? I've seen many segments of video that 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 most Americans have not seen that is incredibly condemning. They're so desperate to keep this digital evidence away from Americans, just regular citizens' review, that they're going through, uh, through quite complex legal maneuvers to stop Americans from viewing this evidence. So every American that's watching this should ask themselves why, whether you're liberal or conservative, why, why you are think? you concealing that evidence from me? Why can't I see that? It's video from my own capital. And people have a tendency to forget, especially my liberal brothers and sisters they, across the country. This is your country. This is your capital. You have the right to know what actually happened in 2020 in the months preceding J4, 5, and 6. You have the right to see the digital evidence of what truly happened in your capital on January 4th, 5th, and 6th. This is my position. What happens then at that moment when you find yourself inside the tunnel? What's the first thing you remember happening? I, I was just trying to stand stand up and not be trampled. That's where my focus was until the hit to the head. <laughs> 